0: of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil we'll get that out of the way and i'm joined by the fine people here from the third saturday in october part five and part one uh director and writer jay burleson hey
1: thanks for having me
0: course, and star of part five kansas bowling so, so it's a really interesting uh, idea, and I think uh, you would probably be best to, uh, to describe that to people who are not aware yet.
1: Yeah, so we have two retro slasher movies: "The Third Saturday in October," Part Five, which we made first, and then we also have the original entry in that series of films: "The Third Saturday in October." And it's something that I wanted to do for a really long time, almost a decade at the time that we actually went and made part five. But we're actually coming off uh, two years of trying to get this much bigger project off the ground. It was more like an art house slasher, completely different type of movie, completely different tone. And ultimately, we just weren't able to get the amount of money that we needed. But we did have a lot of momentum built up. We had a production team, our producers, Frank Crafts and Ian Cunningham as well as our cinematographer, Chris Hillikey. And we kind of just said, we're making a movie fall 2019, no matter what. You know, it's not going to be this movie. It's going to be a movie. And uh, that at, at the time that we arrived into October of 2019, and it became apparent that we didn't have the resources to do the bigger film, I just went back to the drawing board with the third Saturday in October franchise, which I had notes on and some ideas for, very quickly developed the script for part five. And then we we just went and made it. And we're fortunate that we were able to get enough money about a year later to go back and make part one. And it kind of developed over that two-year period of, you know, we know we want this to be like a lost slasher franchise and to play up the retro aspects of the different time periods of the slasher heyday. And it just so happened we were able to do both of them back to back. And since they were both going to be completed at the same time, it just made sense to just release them both at the same time and kind of play into that video store aesthetic of the nineties where you might end up renting a sequel to Halloween before you're able to rent the original Halloween.
0: <laughs> right. So uh, we'll go on to all this in a minute, but Kansas, how did you get involved? How early on was that?
2: Um I don't know how early I was involved, but I don't know Jay reached out to me. It's, I think he didn't you contact Greg?
1: Yeah, yeah I reached yeah, out to he- Greg Deliso.
2: Yeah, because I, I did uh, Psycho Ape with Greg DeLiso and he reached out to Greg and was like, uh, can you introduce me, to Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I pretty quickly um, got involved after you reached out. So It
0: seems like an idea you would you would be into.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And it was, yeah, turned out great.
0: Because, you know, um, so part one is like the 80s uh, slasher movie, which we have seen, you know, different uh, like 80s stuff. But you don't really see a lot of 90s nostalgic movies I don't think and especially like nostalgia for like a like a sequel way into the series which I was very original it's not uh I don't think that's really been done before Well thank you
1: yeah um I was a big fan of the main slasher franchises growing up. And my mom showed me those movies when I was way too young to see them. But, you know, as a kid, I just had some real personal connection to Halloween 5, Halloween 4 and 5, especially Halloween 5. And it kind of goes back to the idea that we were putting this thing together very quickly. And it felt like that was something that I knew we could accomplish, like leaning into the absurdity of when those movies start really going off the rails.
0: Um, will we ever see like part eight, like going into space or anything like yeah. this at some point? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a blueprint of
1: kind of what the franchise would look like. You can read more about it on our website, the third Saturday, But But um, yeah, you know, at this point we made two of them and it's really just up to if there's an- enough interest out there for us to make more of them, I would be happy to do that. No,
2: um, okay, we have to make more
0: yeah, yeah i mean i would love to yes definitely yeah would the idea to be kind of skip around i i think i think that's fun you know that so then you'd have to like find out how you watch in part 5 part 1 part 8 part 2 part you know 12 yeah so from a
1: creative standpoint i really want to make part 6 next and it would kind of serve as a trilogy between 1 Five and six, and you would have characters from both parts five and part one show up in part six. And then there would be, you know, two, three and four that also could introduce new characters, but still include some of those characters. Like we have some characters like our producer, Frank Crass plays a uh, bizarro version of himself, uh, Hank Zvornak, who sells like, use appliances in the movies he's going to show up in every movie you know so like we have so many different ways we could do it and so many kind of like built-in gags that, that we could capitalize
0: on yeah uh you kansas you and uh P, uh poppy cunningham have like great chemistry together it's very cute uh was that like right away did you know her at all beforehand
2: no no um i love poppy um but yeah i i um yeah we got into a couple of fights but still still over <laughs> <laughs> no, she's great.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's well. I think that's uh, reasonable that you'd fight a little bit. It seems realistic. That you know. so how how did you uh, how did you cast Poppy? Did, was it someone you knew or?
1: Yeah, so our producer Ian is Poppy's dad, and she'd been in the A twenty four film, The Death of Dick Long. So just knowing Ian and his family, I met Poppy, and I'd seen that film. So I just felt very comfortable that she could do it. And I'm super proud of both Kansas and Puppy. I think they did a great job. And Kansas was by design, like she was the one person we reached out to about this role. And thankfully she was like, Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> did you happen to have pink hair at the time, or was that something uh chosen for the movie?
2: No, Jay actually said he wanted me to have pink hair, but then he was like, Ah, never mind, it's fine. So then I showed up with pink hair to surprise him. <laughs> but he was it he was, was a, like, a great surprise. No, you were so sleep deprived you didn't even notice.
1: <laughs> it took me a
2: second yeah and then you're like oh right
0: <laughs> that was did, really fun. did you watch any specific sequels kansas uh, to get into the role or are you just kind of familiar with movies of that era
2: uh i yeah i'm just pretty familiar with the genre um but i i guess i guess it was my my first time playing a final girl so that's pretty
0: Yeah, and funny. when I was like uh, watching, I was thinking that's kind of the era when "final girl" became a term because there was always "scream queen," and then and then you know "final girl" started to be more of the term people used. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when you're actually writing and making. A mo- uh, what are the differences between a '90s slasher and an '80s slasher? Not even just the sequels, but uh, just the era.
1: Well, I think it really depends on what time period of the '90s. You know, like when i was thinking about this and setting it in the 90s it was really more out of um my comfort level with the production design elements of the 90s because i've made a movie called the nobodies that took place basically in the same year in 1994 or around that time period the
0: year i graduated um, yeah.
1: so you know if you're talking post scream then there's like this huge scream influence on everything and everything becomes you know sort of like um, the Dimension Films late 90s was the blueprint of how hard it was at that point. You know, everything had the Scream-style score, everything had the Scream-style, like, meta humor and awareness. And before that, you know, if you look at the Slasher franchise, it's like Jason Goes to Hell, which is fat shit insane, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is a complete departure, and then Halloween 6 Curse of Michael Mars, which is also really weird, um, so yeah, I guess it just really depends on the the time period. But they definitely took major departures from what they were doing in, in the eighties. But I mean, you know, Jason went to Manhattan in the eighties too. So I guess it, it's just, yeah. towards the end of the eighties, things started to, to
2: I, I think, I think part, change. I, th- I think part five is a is definitely more of an ode to the Dimension Ones and like all yeah, the I, William Castle remakes and stuff. <laughs>
1: And I wanted it to be that, you know, it, it becomes sort of like the budgetary restraints of like um, trying to lean into like those influences. And the temp score for part five was really heavily influenced by Scream. And ultimately, we went away from most of that just because of the orchestrated nature of those, those scores.
0: Uh, Kansas, when you said first time playing a, a final girl... And even though I think like the idea of both these movies are like are experimental I guess or weird but you usually when I see you in something it's very experimental or very strange like Psycho Ape so this was more like uh I don't want to say straight acting but you know it was it was di- different than the stuff I usually see you in so uh just uh, how how did you approach that role as the final girl
2: Um I don't know well yeah it was different um, cuz I don't know that it it's not comedic so I don't know. I do usually act like you're
0: kind of almost the straight person of the of the movie, which is, you know is a uh, yeah interesting. What um, what what made her write for it, Jay? Well, you know, I you said you, you saw in Psycho Ape, which is a much different movie. I heard the producer yeah, yeah. part two is really cool.
1: I think from a casting standpoint, we were just trying to find people that we felt were like exciting and that would continue to go out there and generate things for themselves and to just have like the coolest possible cast that we could have for, you know, the the kind of quick nature of putting the film together and the low budget nature of it. And I just been a fan of Kansas for a couple of years really, and was excited about what she was doing and just felt like we needed that type of energy.
0: Did, Kansas, did you see it with an audience at any of the festivals?
2: Yeah. I, I went to Birmingham for the sidewalk film festival over the summer
0: Had Uh, you had seen part one before yet, before seeing it at the festival?
2: Yeah, I I had seen a screener link of it, but that was my first time seeing part one with an audience, but it was really fun.
0: What was that experience, Jay, seeing both the films with an audience? Also, was it hard to get um, screened um, at the festivals because of the run length, two movies together?
1: Yeah, I'm sure it definitely kept us out of a, a few places, but we were really just surprised by the number of festivals that picked us up and ran with the double feature thing. I think out of the festivals that we did, only one festival specifically wanted to just screen one of the movies. And we did a lot of virtual fests, which I'd never done before, but that ended up being really great. There was just a lot of immediate reaction on Letterbox every time we went to a virtual fest, and it seemed to get more of an impact that way online than it did, you know, playing the festivals that weren't virtual, the
0: in-person fest. Uh Kids how do you feel about watching yourself on screen at a festival?
2: I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I I cringe at myself. Um but you know I got gotta do it sometimes. But yeah, yeah. no I, I don't I don't usually like it.
0: Uh, uh, Jay, what are the benefits of uh, doing a festival? Oh I mean you
1: get to interact with like minded people. It's a chance to, you know, sit in a theater with an audience and, and see your work on screen. And, you know, it's just where the community is. And I think the more you make the movies you really want to make and that speak to you, they end up in festivals that are really connected to that spirit that you embody. And you just meet more people that hopefully become part of your, your team moving forward, and you know, to make more films with.
0: So did you shoot uh, the uh, part one? Was that shot on film?
1: No, no, it's it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we would have loved to have actually shot on film, but I also think like my style is not really uh, beneficial to that uh, with the, the, the amount of money that we would have had. Cause I like to shoot as much as I possibly can. And we always just kind of figure things out in the moment. It's kind of, like improvisational jazz the the way we worked especially on these two movies Just they, they both the look very the different
0: they both you know the they look like they're shot completely they do look like they're shot in different eras did you have the same yeah. crew on both of
1: them yeah pretty much the same crew um a lot of the same people came back we brought in some new faces on part one and and we shot both of the movies over two different phases of principle, just kind of how it, it worked out in terms of what we were trying to accomplish in the number of days that we could shoot at one time with the money we might have available uh, at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was definitely a plan in place for trying to make sure part one looked like it really came out of 1979 versus, you know, part five, which was in, in the mid-90s. And that's one of the things I'm most proud about is that they do – you know they're two completely different movies and the aesthetics are,
0: are different. I right, Kansas, I assume you probably grew up with more of 90s movies. Maybe um, not, but I don't know.
2: Yeah, not really actually.
0: <laughs> what the hell do I know? Yeah. I
2: don't know. <laughs> um no, I, I just sort of watch anything. Yeah. My, well, my like my favorite movie growing up was Creepshow.
0: Oh, that's actually yep. I have it right here the, in the clamshell. It's the first oh, yeah, there uh, it is. it's the first VHS tape my mom bought me. This is my favorite oh, well, movie I was growing up. Yeah.
2: Um yeah, and then like uh newer movies like uh, Quentin Tarantino movies too. I was a little kid.
0: <laughs> Did you have, do you have a favorite final girl? Or, or favorite girls?
2: Um, I mean probably Sally Hardesty because uh Texas Chainsaw is Hell yeah. <laughs> My yeah. top 10 movies of all time.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And she really sells that movie. The You believe yeah. she's, by the end of that movie, she's really gone mad.
2: Yeah. She's incredible. Really,
0: really great. How about yourself, Jay? Do you have a uh, favorite final girls? And maybe some uh, obscure ones from like some of these weird sequels.
2: Uh,
0: I
1: mean, I think my favorite is probably Nancy from A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um. I, I mean, I love Daniel Harrison Halloween four and five. I think Jamie Lord's a great character, and that they did a complete disservice to her by the way they handled that character in part six.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I rented all those, and then uh, I was curious where uh, where this goes, and then they just reboot the whole uh, the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it's super weird. I, I mean, we kind of. It's exciting to kind of try to capture some of that weirdness if we were to make more of these, but I want to make sure that our our overall storyline remains a little bit more intact.
0: And I think a lot of those we, we definitely oh, sorry, Coach we definitely
1: good. wouldn't do that to PJ or to Maggie. Yeah. Well, well I was you just saying
0: you
2: go do go do sorry, to Kansas, oh, sorry, I was just saying if you if you do do want a space, I have to be in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: But you're yeah. just like a hologram that shows up to, like <laughs> 300 years ago, I battled this monster on Earth, and I give you some advice.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, f- uh, sequel that does sh- go off into space?
2: Oh, Leprechaun
0: 4. Oh, that one. man, you were right on that one. It's like, of course. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Leprechaun <laughs> 4. I was thinking maybe Hellraiser 4, but no, Leprechaun. Uh, is it always 4? No, Jason is like, what ten eight, eight. no eight to oh manhattan. no no that's manhattan yeah yeah two yeah. <laughs> right man he's gonna he travels a lot from eight to ten from uh from manhattan to space <laughs> manhattan to hell to space he's got seven all in the same area and then he goes to manhattan to hell in space i guess the, that's the the trilogy right there but uh do, do you have any um when you're putting these together do you have any uh well what i was gonna say was uh, i think right now people are starting to really uh like a lot of those weird sequels that didn't get a lot of love when they were out at the time like i know like friday 13th part five i think is more popular now than it was and uh just a lot of those sequels
1: yeah um one movie that influenced part five um that is kind of i don't know how familiar most people are with it but uh Bill Heinzman, I believe is his name. He played the original Cemetery Ghoul. Yeah, in Night he was going to be
0: our first guest on the show. but uh, Oh, really? In 2006, really? yeah.
1: Yeah, so he directed a movie called Flesh Eater, I believe in like 1987 or 88. And um, he plays the same zombie character from Nine of the Living Dead in that movie. And it's just like, the movie's insane. But it basically inspired some of the way we set up party, kind of just driving this hearse around and going house to house. I was really influenced by the absurd tone and setup of Flesh Eater, where you're basically just following Bill Heinzman's zombie around the whole movie. Like he he's with a pack of other zombies, and they kill off everybody that you meet in the first thirty minutes of the movie, and then it's just him going on a rampage. So you meet a bunch of other characters for like five minutes, he kills them, and you just keep going and going. Um, so I I got a lot of respect for that movie. It it's got a really unique tone and sensibility.
0: Yeah. Now, Kansas, you are right there for Leprechaun 4. So, what are some of your more obscure sequels that, that you're really fond of? Um,
2: uh, hmm, let's see. Obscure sequels. Um, they don't
0: have to go in space.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. I mean, well, Texas Chainsaw 2 is always a great one. Um. And... Uh, Jason lives. I don't know. I, I I would need a second to think of this. I'm just naming the basic ones, but I'm sure there's some really crazy sequel out there that I really love. Well, I there there's you know all the Italian ones that call themselves sequels that aren't actually right, enough. Right. Those would count for <laughs> <me>. um <laughs> Like I don't know, Zombie Two, maybe. Um,
0: no, it's great though. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Beyond the door. Two. Shock. Mario Bava.
0: That one I don't think I've actually seen, so I feel very... Oh, I'm a very bad host here. I'll have to well, it's it.
2: Mario Bava's last movie, technically. I, I think it's something like he died while making it. Lamberto Baffa took over directing, but it's a sequel to Beyond the Door, so it's called Beyond the Door 2, but the other title is Shock, but um, the the other Beyond the Door is an Italian Exorcist ripoff, <laughs> but that's really good. But then Beyond the Door 2 doesn't have anything to do with number one, but it's
0: really good. It's like
2: <laughs> Of a ghost
0: story yeah I love it <laughs> so when the movies are out there because they're coming out uh this week uh on video on demand and on uh streaming sites um I, so people will find some people will watch part one first obviously um how do you try to get people to watch him in the order you would like them to watch him and I believe Jay is frozen or <laughs> he's just very riveted no.
2: I I think I'll answer for Jay I All think right. he, uh he is—it's just really exciting because most people are watching both of them, so, so it's really great. Yeah. Oh, Jay left. They just said he's in a power outage.
0: Oh, well, that's too bad. So,
2: <laughs> oh. Um.
0: So yeah, that. It's, all right, I no know, problem.
2: It's, it's, someone's at my door.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Feels like I'm in a movie. One guy's power is out. Some, uh, someone's know. at the door. <laughs> We're all splitting up. <laughs> it's, it's never know. the right thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, I like the idea, you know, and I also like the idea that people might search for part two. Like I can't, I, I can't find two, three and four, but one and five are on, on a website or whatnot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. While, while Jay's gone, another thing I can say is that uh, one of probably the main reason I went to Alabama to do this movie is uh, he sent me the script and I read it, but then I watched The Nobodies mm. and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Like I'm down for whatever this guy does. So,
0: <laughs> I have to admit I've not seen Nobody's, but it is always exciting when you see someone's work and you like it. Then you can go back and and find their other stuff. So I, I'm actually uh, I would should ask Jay if the, do you know where that is. Nobody's is it on? Uh, I'm I'm
2: streaming? sure Trauma buried it because it's a trauma release. So oh, all their good ones are impossible to find. Yeah. Um.
0: So when you read the script, did you just read originally? Did you just read the script for part five, or did you read? I don't even know if there was a script for part one at that time.
2: No, yeah, there wasn't a script for part one uh, when when he sent me the script. Yeah, it was just part five. Um, yeah, the script is just like pretty standard slasher script. So I was like, this could go many ways. It could either be very well made or not. But then when I saw The Nobodies, I was just like, oh, this will be good.
0: <laughs> well, that's interesting, too, because I assume like as a script, like you said, it could reads as like a, a slasher film of that era. But you don't know how, a lot of it would be in the editing and, and the yeah. score and how, they're, how it's handled.
2: Yeah, it's always tough to tell.
0: Yeah. So uh, when you saw it for the first time, with with everything, with the score and everything, uh, what were your thoughts? Um. Or maybe you saw several, you know, versions of it before you saw the final.
2: Yeah, no. I actually, the first time I saw it, me and my sister, we were stranded in Williams, Arizona, because our car broke down, and he emailed it to us, and we watched it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a
0: good way to watch something. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know, it
2: was really bad. But then, I, then I think right when we got home, then we watched it again on the on TV. So, um, no, it, it was just really exciting. I was like, oh my god, a real movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Which again, like, um, you never know how it's. I'm sure you've been in stuff you thought would be good, and then it's edited, and wow, this is, didn't turn out how I thought it would.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and the other way around too.
0: Yeah. right right <laughs> which i that would don't. probably be even more annoying i guess
2: <laughs> Like, this yeah, this is gonna be crap and then it's really good but no with, with jay's i always knew it was gonna be really good
0: yeah so what was the reaction like when you were at the uh, at the festival
2: um it was it was very positive um yeah everyone's really into it so you know you get people to stick around for two movies they um, you know they like
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, my friend, I was going to be at Panic Fest. I didn't make it, but uh my friend Michael and Sophia were there, and they they were text me right away that it would be something I would like. Oh, cool! So I was happy that this came about, and I get to see him.
2: Well, Jay mentioned they had a website. I believe he said it was October dot com,
0: which is a very yeah. memorable name too. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, I, you know, it's not just slash or something that, that sounds very mundane and, and very, you know, you could, like, whatever that yeah, is. But.
2: your t- Titles are getting, like, really short nowadays.
0: Yeah, um, and the, the, to me, the, as soon as he, as I heard the name, I'm like, well, what the hell is that? that sounds, yeah. <laughs> and also, the poster art's great for both it of is. them. Yeah, they're,
2: they're really, really great. I love how they match, too.
0: Yeah. So um, Jay is rebooting. So I also like how, um, there's I don't want to spoil the movies for people who haven't seen them since you know they're just really besides festivals probably haven't seen them but I like how if you watch part five and then one a lot of stuff that uh, you just kind of take for granted in five is set up in one and I thought that's an interesting way to tell the story to see uh, kind of the origins of the movie after the after watching part five
2: yeah because you're like stuff you're with the mask follow- and stuff yeah because you're able to follow along with part five without knowing the origins because you know it's like <laughs> That's, that's what happens. Which
0: is something to say about I think a lot of the se- a lot of those sequels of that era is you could just watch them without. Like I've never seen Friday Thirteenth Part One, Two, Three, Four. I'm just going to start watching Five. So, uh, how about yourself? I know you've got uh, you've got a movie yourself out uh, or coming to the festivals.
2: Uh, yeah, my movie Cuddly Toys. The trailer just came out. Um, it's had some low key screenings so far. Uh, it's going to have a little bit of a wider release this summer. Oh, cool! Uh, and then I'm almost done with my next one that you are in, which I, I can't say the title yet, but right, you are. Right. In, you, you yeah, I don't it.
0: ever tell anyone the name. Okay. I told my brother, but but no one listens to that guy. So it'll be all right.
2: Yeah. And you, you play a scary man.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not as scary in real life. I, I don't <laughs> think anyway.
2: <laughs> Definitely not.
0: But no, I really like this. I like both of them and I like that they were different. And there, it does uh, really make me want to see more of them. And I'm glad that you're up for uh, doing more of them.
2: Yeah, I would love for people to be into them and to want more sequels. So, hi, Jay.
0: Oh, okay. Hey, sorry. That's okay. The power went out.
2: <laughs> we were yeah, the talking-
0: power went out, then someone's at Kansas door. I, I didn't know what was happening here. Oh, no. I thought I was part of like uh, part seven or something. <laughs> where it's like some, or maybe like a few, one that's taken place a lot, uh, like during COVID where it's just a weird zoom movie and what, very meta or something. I don't yeah, know we definitely planned all of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I also like that, uh, that it just says he, he kills randomly, which, you know, usually in the movies, like, oh, he kills, you know, lo- young lovers and all these things. And it's like, he just kills people.
1: Yeah. He just wants to kill everybody he sees. <laughs>
0: Which they say, though, in some of the Jason movies, but he does kill a lot of other people. He doesn't kill uh, the young campers.
1: Yeah, I would say Jason is going to he's going to kill you if he if he sees you. More kill, than likely. He kills Crazy Ralph and all these. Crazy Ralph was amazing.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of Crazy Ralph. So I was asking Kansas, uh, what was the website for people to follow? Uh, the third
1: Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like the third Saturday in October.com. And then we're TSIO films on pretty much all social social media, TikTok, Instagram,
0: Facebook, Twitter. And I also asked her, um, so if people like so when it's out there, you don't have as much control over how they watch them. So if someone right. watches part one and part five, uh, will that matter to you? Or like how how do you go about like trying to get people to watch them in the order you'd like them to?
1: Yeah, we've tried to create this world of like the Lost Slasher franchise. Um, That's part of our world building. There's more information on that on our website as well. We have a Lost fan site that's like a early 2000s Angel Fire site that goes into the history of some of the films. So we created these things to invite you into the world and to, you know, hopefully get you excited about participating in seeing part five first and then watching part one. But ultimately, as you said, we know that once they're out there, people are going to discover them how they discover them. So I don't think it ultimately matters, but I do think there's something cool about knowing that we made part five first. And then all of those decisions that we made without knowing what part one would look like, then determine the story for part one, explaining why the killer wears, you, you know, a suit. Watching them, I really did first. think
0: you would actually maybe just film them back to back, but it's, it's kind of cool that you actually wrote that after.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we encourage people to start with part five, but ultimately I think it's fine. However, you come about it or whatever you feel good about in terms of watching them. We're just happy if you watch them at all.
0: Yeah. And they were, um, if you're a big horror fan, which I assume you are, if you're watching this, um, they work really well. You know, uh, they probably work better if you're a big horror fan and, uh, Kansas, you are great in the movie, not just cause you're here and, uh, I like you, but you were really good in it. And always, you're always interesting in anything, but this was a much different role for you.
2: Uh yeah yeah I think to this day probably I guess I guess I'm a final girl in Greg DeLiso's new movie Bad Brain but it's oh, a okay. definitely more, more goofy so <laughs> all
0: right, like for probably. future lists we got to keep you in mind for for the for the favorite final girls yeah all right well it's been very fun and I know we had some uh, difficulties here but uh but it all worked out and I'll edit that all out it'll be very smooth all all right. hey, in. I don't know but yeah yeah whatever's fine I'm sure it's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks guys.
1: Bye
2: Neil. Thanks. Bye. Right, thanks, Neil. See you Thank, both. You. Thank you so much, Neil.
0: Yep. Thanks for bearing with the power. Right, that's fine. I'm used to things happening. It's no problem.
2: All right. <laughs> it was very Bye. on brand. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.